This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, we have Movie Talk, a program for all things cinema-esque, for the discerning film and video junkie. Welcome again to Movie Talk. Today we'll be looking at a Marvel superhero and his enemies in Spider-Man, No Way Home. A woman confronting the troubles of her past in The Lost Daughter and Steven Spielberg's adaptation of the 1957 musical West Side Story. Ever since I got bit by that spider, I've only had one week where my life has felt normal. That was when you found out. When you botched that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man. We started getting some visitors. From every universe. Hello, Peter. You're not Peter Parker. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Dr. Otto Octavius. In Spider-Man No Way Home, when the superhero's actual identity is revealed, he finds himself pursued by everyone, including villains from other realities. Carolyn Brown's been off to the Hollywood cinemas at Sumner to see this multi-level adventure which brings back lots of characters, both friendly and villainous, from past movies. Hmm. Carolyn Brown, what do you think of Spider-Man No Way Home? <laughs> I say this every time a new Marvel comes out. It was brilliant. But it was. This one topped the previous one even more so. Yeah. Don't they put too much into these films? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, there is. I, mean, I never know half the character. No, God, I have seen him before. <laughs> no, I've seen that one before. If you haven't, they're not standalone films, that for sure, that's for sure. If you haven't seen at least the previous one, Far From Home, um, you will be scratching your head a lot as to what's <laughs> yeah, going on. Yeah, because this on. is a. That's, I mean, this is Far From Home, and this one's called No Way Home. No Way Home. And it's an yep. immediate continuation it of is, the last one. Um, yep, so the opening <clears> scene is basically the same scene as the previous one where yeah. Peter's uh, identity is revealed, and that's not a plot spoiler because we, we know that. Yeah. Um, and then from then on, what happens when he tries to, well, Doctor Strange steps in and tries to set things right so he can live an anonymous life and opens up a whole multiverse, and I think that's what I love about it most is that... Do, do these... Um, I thought that Peter... These um, uh, Spider-Man movies were essentially sort of set in New York, where this uh, young, th- where this teenage boy yeah. had got some of the thing, you know, Boston, can, yeah. uh, abilities Boston, yeah. to fly and so, to, to climb buildings and all this sort of thing. Um, but did he ever sort of go off into other strange universes? And yep. So that? Spider-Man had a big part to play in Endgame, and he was sent off-world. 
So oh, he's been oh, okay. in outer space. Okay. <laughs> no, I wondered about that. I sort of associate him more with New York. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, But, yeah, that's one thing about Marvel is that they are tying it all in all the different multiverse. And it's a, it is a massive... I mean, the comic Marvel comic industry is huge. So they've got mm. hundreds of characters to choose yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are doing really well. And Disney must be absolutely kicking themselves and never offering enough to take the rights off Sony because they can't play yeah, this yeah. film on their, on any of their streaming. So you do have oh, to see. see it at the movies. Um, but it's just brilliant. The special effects are amazing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, they're so busy, so. So much going on, you know. This, uh, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. They're, well, and the script writers have had a really good time making all the characters more human. Like you get to find out that, yeah, no, when they, when they do do those stunts, they hurt sometimes, and they don't just jump up and recover. <laughs> and I think that's what's been missing from a lot of the really early films. It was you really, yeah, it wasn't really not that this is reality, but you could imagine that they weren't human because they never felt pain or anything. Yeah. Whereas Marvel for the last couple of movies have been making it really clear that people do get hurt. Okay. <laughs> but anyway. Um, but yes, and Tom Holland, he does really well as the young Spider-Man and his friends, the teenage, um, his mates in Dyer, um, and his best friend as well. They do a really good Good mm-hmm. job in this film. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's, a, it's sort of quite wonderful to see somebody like Benedict Cumberpatch coming off. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah. Doctor so Strange. him and Spider-Man have a, a special relationship and he kind of has taken over from where Tony Stark left off as a mentor, I guess, but yeah. a much more grumpier mentor. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want this to necessarily lead any further, but, I mean, <laughs> there are. it's, it's amazing there are um, quite a few of these um, Spider-Man films within the Marvel. Yes. Uh, thing now, because uh, there's uh, Tom Holland who plays yes, him in this one. This is his third yeah. one. Yeah. It, it, it's the third one for here. Yeah. And before that, there's another bloke who made three films. That was to- Toby Maguire. Yep. And then before that, there were another two films by another bloke. Yep. Uh, Andrew, Andrew um, Garfield. Yeah. yeah. And you each know, bring it's, it's... to their own their character. But I actually like the Tom Holland character the best. And this last got, one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's probably got the most longevity because we meet him when he's still a teenager, whereas the other <laughs> the other Spider-Mens are already adults <clears throat> by the time we meet them. So, yeah. Yeah. But, no, it's awesome. I cannot recommend that. I think if you're a Marvel fan, you are not going to be disappointed in this film at all. Yeah, because it's got me. It leads. It indicates that there's going to be more. Oh, there's always more. This is number twenty-seven. There are <laughs> of all the Marvel films. Of all the Marvel, Good this is God. the twenty-seventh film in this particular multiverse. Um, in this particular Marvel universe, but there were there are still more coming, and there was also the TV shows on Disney, which are all the spin spin-offs. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of what you're looking for, if you're looking for a bit of originality, this film definitely has some originality yeah, in what there. way? Did you say that? Um, just some of the plot spoilers. They're, they're different from the other films. And I know you'll die. I won't let you talk, talk about them. But yeah. oh, oh, the, oh, the things I'm not allowed to yeah, say. Yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah. Not to talk oh that's about. right. Yeah, because I'm not allowed to uh, <laughs> pick a pick of pickled Peter Parkers. Am no, I? no. <laughs> it's a real, yeah. Um, so anyway, that's quite original for a Marvel film to do to do that as well, and just the way that the story moves on and brings in other characters, and and do stay for the final credit post credit. Um, oh, there's those two things at the two. end. Mm. There are two. I missed the last one. But <laughs> oh, you'll have to go back and see the whole and film again. I know. I feel like I have to go watch the whole film again, <laughs> just for those two minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to what, um, 
uh, age group do you think these Marvel f- movies uh, are they for the teenage audience or I'm anybody? I'm not a teenager. They are no, just yeah. for anyone who loves sci-fi. Uh, um, yeah, and, and comic possibly books. not the DC fans because there is quite a rivalry between DC and Marvel. But there are a few people that cross over. But anyone who likes a good um, and one of the things about Marvel films is they are pretty child friendly. Yes, there's a lot of yeah. uh, violence, but. Um, there's no swearing and there's no naked people running around or anything yeah. like that. The kids have probably seen worse yeah. on they TV. They do all those terrible things with clothes on, at least. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no, there's no romance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, good fun. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That was Carolyn Brown with her views on Spider-Man No Way Home and I'm Hans Petrovic on Movie Talk on Plains FM 96.9. Miss Caruso, welcome. Thank you. Excuse me, I work at the beach house. Just let me know if you need anything. Great. In The Lost Daughter, Olivia Colman plays a middle-aged woman who brings back to life disturbing memories of her past while on a beach holiday. Ian Cummings been off to the Lumia cinemas to see this unpredictable psychological drama. Ian, I tend to think this is a film mainly for women because children are at the centre of all the problems in it. Um, But what did you think of The Lost Daughter? Well, I seem to remember saying this about another film earlier this year. It's a bit like Edmund's baking powder, slow to rise. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, The the film's based on a novel which uh, director Maggie Gyllenhaal, I think it's pronounced correctly, adapted it, adapted writing it, and she won Best Screenplay at the Venice Film Festival for that, in fact. And she also produced the film as well. In other words, she had pretty well total control. Yes, her film. (laughs) Yeah, much like uh, the other female director of note, Jane Campion. So we've got these two big films, The Power of the Dog and The Lost Daughter, both Netflix successes, heading for the Oscars galore next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, To get to your question, though, I think women would get more out of this, not that I didn't dislike it. At all, I hasten to add. Did you? Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I was totally fascinated by that film all the way through. But I think I was mainly fascinated because I wasn't quite sure what was going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, to me, um, this is uh, Olivia Coleman uh, at at her best. I mean, she's a wonderful English actress, and um, and I, and you mentioned the Oscars. I wouldn't be surprised if she comes up with an Oscar nomination at least for oh, yeah. uh, this film. You know, and she and you see her um, down on this uh, beach uh, or beach resort somewhere, and then slowly you realise that she, this is some sort of Greek island where she's on, and um, and, and there's other two uh, uh, travellers or holiday people down there too, but nothing's explained. This is the whole point in this film. Nothing is sort of totally explained to the audience of who is where and who they are and why they're there and well, that they, sort of thing. She's left it for us and, to try to work it yeah, out. Yeah, and you've got to put the, all of this together yourself. Yeah. 
You mm. mentioned uh, Olivia Coleman. Yeah, she's a star. Well, it's an understated, subtle, and it's an absolutely outstanding performance, as we mentioned before, of Oscar potential. She really can't put a foot wrong, you know, in the films she chooses, like yes. we saw recently, The Crown and The mm. Father, and the TV series a wee bit. Going back a little bit, TV's Broadchurch, Oh, and, yeah. and another one I must plug called The Night Manager, and she's very much in that one, and it's available at Alice on DVD, and you can watch it streaming on Prime if you've got it. That's The Night Manager. Now, we've got co-star Jessie Buckling. She plays the younger Coleman character. Oh, that's right. Now, this, yeah, is, this with, is one of the important things. See, this is never sort of really explained. For quite a while in this film, I kept on thinking, that woman looks a little bit like Olivia Coleman. I wonder if that's done on purpose. And then it's only about halfway through the film that I realised, hang on, this is actually a younger version of uh, the the older one in, uh, who's on holiday. Yeah. And we're getting full sequences of what she used to be up 20 years earlier. And that's what we're seeing yeah. now. Well, well I, <laughs> my thought was I didn't think she really looked like Coleman at all, but the voice, the voice matches pretty well. Um, with those flashbacks. And, and once you get used to that, um, you can accept that she's the younger Coleman and she plays it well like uh, Jessie uh, Buckley. Then we got Dakota Johnson. Now, she's got a string of films I'm not familiar with, any of them or even heard of, and wondering if they're ever released. But yeah. she mm. successfully compliments Coleman in their development relationship, playing the mother who temporarily loses her daughter, who, when found, has lost the daughter, has seemingly permanently lost her beloved doll. Yeah. Mm. That, again, is another mystery. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know where the doll ends up, but I don't know why. <laughs> well, we, no, we won't give that away. We don't know why it ends up where it does. But um, the familiar faces with the supporting actors, we've got Ed Harris, who's the manager of the beach resort there. Mm. And I remember him fondly. I'm, I'm not sure if that's the right word, but terrifying in a film called A History of Violence. And then we got Peter Sarsgaard, who has a brief affair with our inverted commas heroine, and I didn't recognise him because he's got such a bushy, bushy beard. Oh, I see, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, oh, no, no, I, I mean, to me... Well, I, as we've said already, I think it's Olivia Colman who holds the film... Um, together and, um, and and then and it's when she gets to this holiday place and these other people turn up other and amongst them is this one woman a young mother the one that you mentioned mm -hmm. and, um, and and they sort of form a sort of a light friendship or that she's um, Olivia Coleman is drawn towards her and you can see why because here's a young woman living in rather conflicting family circumstances with two daughters just like herself had been and I think this is what attracts her to her and then you see that developed that she seeing this other woman having troubles with her children reminds her of herself mm. and her family problems and the things with the kids mm. and uh, difficulties with the kids and all this and everything she sees brings back more memories which we then see reenacted <laughs> as we do yeah, yeah. look there's a, there's a really one scene that really annoyed me it's a scene with the uh, the younger Olivia if you want to call her that with her two young daughters and they're talking to their mother right mm. but we can't hear it properly because there's a bloody song playing at the oh, same yeah, yeah, level. Yeah, 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 and yeah, I think, yeah. what's the point? Yeah, yeah, what's yeah. The, maybe we're supposed to be listening to the song with its words, which you can't work out. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or the other thing, the other thing briefly, the business with peeling oranges. 
Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 and yeah, that, yeah. That, that's, that comes through the film. And right at the end, she's sitting on the beach and peels the orange. Yeah. But damn it, the director decided to, he had to go back to a flashback to remind us that she used to do it then, but we didn't need that. So I thought that was unnecessary. <laughs> so this, for me, is a film that women may enjoy more than men, but men could still get something from it. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's a fascinating. It's a good one to take your wife to. She'll identify with it. <laughs> OK, thank you, Ian. <laughs> that was Ian Cumming helping me with the lost daughter. And I'd like to thank the sponsor of the show, the Harcourt's Grenadier Accommodation Centre, which is now located at 98 Morehouse Avenue. If you're looking for a place to live, check out the Harcourt's Accommodation Centre website, assetmanagers.co.nz. That address again, assetmanagers, one word, .co.nz. The world is full of This is my first time in New York City. I want to be happy here. I want to make a life, a home. Are you ready? Tonight is about family. The first gringo boy who smiles at you. I never seen you before. I'm not Puerto Rican. Is that okay? Do you want to start World War III? Steven Spielberg's retelling of the classic Broadway hit musical West Side Story again explores the forbidden love of two teenagers in 1950s New York along the lines of Romeo and Juliet. Mary Gibson's been off to the Alice cinemas to see this powerful reenactment. Mary, I can't see that we really needed another film version of this musical, but what did you think of Spielberg's West Side Story? Yeah, that's an interesting thing that you said. I don't think that we needed another film version. I tend to agree with you, actually. I enjoyed, I thought so highly of that first one. Yes, yeah. And look, um, I, I think I went to this with this movie with really high expectations. And there's no doubt that the way that it is um, filmed, the way it's acted, uh, the the locations, the music, there's... It's perfectly fine. There's nothing mm. wrong with yeah. it. Yeah, oh, yeah, Spielberg at its best. It's very, very good. Yeah. However, I have to say I was a little bit disappointed. It didn't lift as high as I thought it would. Yeah, like you expect a normal yeah, musical to yeah. do. Hmm. Yeah, I, and I just, uh, yeah, I don't know why. It was almost like, I don't know if it's because you knew the story and it was predictable. I'm not sure, but... It felt a little bit staged in a lot of places. Hmm. Um, you knew what was going to happen and how and those sorts of things. So I'm, I'm just not, I'm not, you know, like I wouldn't put it in my top, top rated movies. But um, I have to say that um, Ansel Elgort in the lead as Tony and Rachel Zeigler as his love interest Maria were very, very good. Yeah. Her voice was beautiful. Her voice was absolutely beautiful. His was average. Yeah. Um, oh, no, no. I mean, she can still show a love, how, how, how pretty love makes her by singing, I feel pretty. <laughs> and, and that's the other thing, that all of the songs you know and you, and you know mm, them yeah. through, 
you know, um, through through the years since the first, yeah, first yeah, West Side yeah. story. So you recognise all of those and you think, oh, wow, this is... This is great. Yep, yep. Sing along to that, you yeah, know. Yeah. But um yeah. yeah, but overall I didn't get the feeling that, that this one was so much made like a soft uh, bouncy musical. Although the musical numbers in this work, the dance numbers for example, mm, out in the streets, mm. they were so dynamic, so they were. strong, yeah, so yeah. wonderful all these people out in the streets doing these things, you know, all in coordination with each other. And this I wonder actually um made me wonder if Spielberg was um, a little bit, uh, you know, what said he, got him to make this film is is the um, another film that um, that's just been out was this year was in the Heights, yes, which yeah. is another Broadway musical set in Manhattan amongst immigrant people from uh, south, from um, the you know, sort of mm, the mm, Latino mm, people mm. down south there and the difficulties that they have in settling in there. And you get this in both and all of those street scenes of them singing and dancing. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I thought the In the Heights was better, mm. to be honest with you. I think it was much better. But, you know, to come back to this, basically, yeah, it's two gangs. You've got the white youths, who, the Jets, who are Irish, Descendants yeah. um, and and the Puerto Rican sharks, who are who are obviously Puerto Rican descendants, and they live in um, what is now a quite fancy area of um, New York, the sort of start of the Upper West Side from 66th Street up. Yeah, and where, but where they were living had become a slum, and um, yeah. so I'm just kind of give a bit of background so people understand the story, and I think people who've not seen it before and this young generation might really love it. Oh, because sure they'll they go should. and they'll well, yeah. think, oh, this is cool and great, great roles for these stars and so on. And so basically the, the area has become a slum and they want to build the Lincoln Centre, which is now a very famous place to go. It has jazz concerts, all sorts oh, of yeah. opera. Well, it's a centre for the performing arts. Yes. I mean, you've got the main opera, Metropolitan Opera mm, House there. Mm, you've got the ballet mm, school there. Mm. You've got all sorts of things like mm, that. Mm. And, uh, it's, and, and this is a classy thing to find in what it used to be be a slum before that, yeah, and yeah. that was built in the uh, late 1950s, yeah, just so this where is, this film is set. So that's actually hmm. the, the premise of the story, is that, that the slum area is being demolished, and each yeah, of the, these people these, kicked out. Mm. Yeah, and they'll be kicked out and moved on, hmm. and these rival gangs are, you know, fighting for turf, but really, they don't really care about the fact that the, where they live is going to be completely demolished. And, um, you know, so, so it's kind of, yeah, it's one of those sorts of stories, and as you say, it's a it's a love story about Tony and Maria. Um, so it's got all of those elements in it. Um, and, and you know, there's a fight. They have a rumble and a fight to the death and, and all of those things and revenge and fire and all sorts of stuff goes into mm. it. So it's, everything's thrown in there that was in the original yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it follows that very uh, closely. Mm. I mean, and well, what the, the actual Broadway... Um, Live performance was like, you know. Yeah, it's um, yeah. But um, what what amazed me with what Spielberg has done? A lot of that film is sort of not in full colour. It's no, more it's, in sort of almost greyish, yeah. you know, black and white effect mm, to give mm. it more of an older mm, uh, setting mm, and mm. that sort of bleak setting of these uh, slum area, which again 
is nothing like what most mu- any musical is ever well, like. And he tries to, comp- you know, sort of put these things, two, two things together. Yeah, and, and it's not a slum <laughs> as we know it. It's just that, you know, developers really wanted that to take that over and, and you know, it had yeah. been settled predominantly by immigrants. So, um, mm. you know, developers wanted that land. But, you know, the woman that played Valentina from Doc's um, drugstore, Rita Moreno, she yeah. was in the original version. She won an Oscar Best yeah. Support. Actress yeah. for that in for that the original, original 1961 yeah. film yeah. version, yeah. yeah. And here she's back as a mother. And I think she was a um, <laughs> she was a uh, what do you call it a um, like a guide. She was a resource guide in terms of what they should be doing in this musical. So she was there as a you know a guiding Spielberg. Mm. So that's that well, was quite interesting. I mean, you, you have to when you think of Spielberg. To me, he's still one of the top um, film directors ever. And this is his first ever music movie, and mm, so in that way it's, it's somewhat different <laughs> to, to Jaws or the Indiana Jones films. Well, and, and I think, look, I mean, this movie has not performed well at the box office. Yeah. Um, it cost, I think, $100 million to make, and it's grossed so far about $27 million. So it has not performed well, and you, you kind of wonder why, and maybe people who've seen the original and know the story like us feel the same way. Mm. It's like, oh, okay, it's just not quite there. Or And maybe musicals are not appealing to a younger generation. Mm. I don't know. but No. Well, well, I, I still feel that it's top-class Spielberg movie-making, and anybody who hasn't seen the first film version yet, go and see it. Mm. I think you'll mm. be completely engrossed and enchanted yeah. by it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you, Mary. <laughs> That was Mary Gibson with her views on West Side Story and I'm Hans Petrovic inviting you to listen to the next episode of Movie Talk on Plains FM on Wednesday, January the 12th. That program will also be repeated at midday on Saturdays and you can listen to podcasts of earlier episodes on Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz. 